Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are in Jukebox July and we are in the 80s still, apparently, doing um, Rock of Ages. (laughs) So do you have any history with this movie or this musical? I've seen it before. Um... My history with it is, <laughs> is a little, um, okay, so I was very into K-pop for a while. Um, I still am into it, but, like, not to the level that I used to be. And one of the bands that I followed, um, one of them was in this musical in Korea. Um, yeah. Okay. He played, um, he played Drew. Okay. So... So I, I, I learned about it from then, and then <laughs> I saw the movie. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting so. history. <laughs> um, well, you know, not to diverge right at the beginning, but my house is, like, K-pop house right now. Alex, my housemate, who, like, initially it was like, K-pop is so stupid, I don't know how to go that. And then, like, How You Like uh-huh. That by um, Blackpink came out, and that's his favorite song of the year. And ever since, uh-huh. <laughs> he mostly listens to K-pop. But, you know, I'm not helping because all I do is, like, listen to K-pop <laughs> with him anyway. But, yeah, I don't really have that much of a history of it. Um, I liked Julianne Huff because she's a dancer and I kind of liked... I don't know where I saw her first, but, like, I knew of her existence. Um, and then she was in, I think, Footloose and then this. I have no idea which one came first. Um, but then, yeah, she was in this, and I was like, oh, she sings too. Cute. Um, I, I feel like I should preface that if you're gonna watch this movie, just know that Tom Cruise is in it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know how to describe what he does, but it's such a caricature of the, the 80s glam rock Mm persona like it's it's a lot and if you aren't prepared it's gonna catch you (laughs) off guard (laughs) i mean sure i don't know it's just i don't know i don't know i i I mean the whole movie is a lot yeah the whole movie starts (laughs) at 100 and ends at 100 like yeah so tom cruise is in it uh julian huff um someone from pretty little liars I don't know who he plays in Pretty Little Liars, but I heard that he was in Pretty Little Liars, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, the guy that plays Drew, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Mary J. Blige is in this. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. A Russell Brand. A Baldwin brother. Uh, <laughs> um, Alec. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Did you say Paul Giamatti? No, I did not. Um, and the sister Brian from 27, 27 Dresses is in it. I don't know her actually. <laughs> She's also in X Men, I believe, or something like that. I don't know, right? No, She's in a superhero movie, but I don't know which one. I don't know. But yeah, actually, they'd offered her role to Amy Adams, and uh, her name escapes me. She's in the princess movie, the Disney one. 
um, Ella Enchanted. That is so <laughs> non-specific. I know. The Disney princess movie. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That is, that is possibly and the least and specific and description <laughs> you could ever get. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Hathaway is who I meant. I just couldn't figure out the rest of the title. It's something princess. <laughs> this movie is of course based off of the the musical of the same name which started in 2005 and went to broadway in 2009 also addressing from the get out the fact that there is one main black character in this movie and it is mary j blige and also the fact that she is the owner of a strip club Mm -hmm. yeah and she and she's there she's there to be the sole rescuer for this young white woman. Yeah, anyway. she's like the she's like, Come on, baby, let me bring you into my wing and then it's like, Girl, all you're gonna find here is broken dreams. Go find yourself. You came here for love. So we'll get into that. God. Anyway, so uh nineteen eighty seven, we open no one's singing it. Um we open with the song Sister Christian, um, which is tied to the fact that the main character's name one of them is sherry christian oh wait no she's um, singing it. joanne has oh christian. is she not i think she's singing it oh okay i, I might have missed that <laughs> um but yes yeah, so sister christian sister christian, sherry christian <laughs> is is on a bus she is fresh from Oklahoma, going to Los Angeles. She has all of her records with her and not a lot of money and a dream to become a singer. This is um, like the beginning of Copacabana. Her name was Lola. She was from Tulsa. Um, just arrived at 17 <laughs> with nothing but a dream in her heart or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, wait, does every show or movie or whatever start with a girl from Tulsa wanting to hit the big time? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is that what Burlesque is about? I know she's small town. Yeah. Again. Anyway, yes. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get the the bus start singing. <laughs> uh, they start singing. Uh, and then we have the back and forth cut very similar to what happened in the last movie that we reviewed where we cut to Drew who is working in a bar and um, he's working at the bourbon room actually which is apparently in this world a uh, famous um, rock bar mm. where a lot of um, acts get their start. Um, he also has a dream to become a singer but he had stage fright which comes up up later um but he's singing nothing but a good time so it becomes this combo song of just like paradise nothing but a good time mm-hmm. but a good time it's okay um Cherry i would is. like to note that i i mentioned this earlier but i just wanted like in the podcast that Sister Christian sounds exactly like the song in the boy band virus episode of Dexter's Laboratory, the one where Dee Dee can't get a song out of her head, and then the mom starts singing it, and then Dexter starts singing it, and it's like, tell me, baby, 
it's you and me. Na 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 na. It's gotta be you and me forever. <laughs> so, um, just yeah. so you know. Honestly, a flashback. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, we see that there are protesters outside of the bourbon room. Good, I'm guessing, good Christian women who hate the devil rock music. I don't know. Mm. Sherry is basically making her way down the street and her suitcase gets stolen by the first person she has a conversation <laughs> with. Yeah. Uh, He's like, hey, did you just come in? And she's like, yeah, I just came to L.A. a new year. And he's like, where are you from? She's like, Tulsa. And he's like, okay, I'm taking your bag now. <laughs> yeah, he literally says, welcome to Hollywood yeah. and grabs her bag. Yeah. I was like, okay, guy. All right, guy. Drew spots the altercation and runs across the street to try to help her, but it's too late. Her records are gone. And I'm like... Her suitcase got stolen, but she cares about the records. The records are what she says. Mm. And I'm like, clothes? Anything else? I mean, I guess Do she you... must have, like, Much... her identification <laughs> on her. But also, there's, there is a thing where I've learned that not many people in the U.S. have, like, passports and stuff. Because you can go state to state without, like, having to go into the air and so you don't need a passport so if she just took the bus from Oklahoma to LA like she might not have needed that much the United States is weird it's too big Mm -hmm. Um, but Drew immediately is like well uh, well she sees that Drew works at the bourbon room by his tank top and he immediately is like well He's infatuated with her and it's like, well, you can get a job there. <laughs> uh, just don't tell, just don't tell Dennis you're a singer. Yeah. Um, so he takes her to the bourbon room and we meet uh, Dennis Dupree and Lonnie Barnett, uh, Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand, mm. who are the owners. Well, Dennis is the owner. Ron- Lonnie just kind of is there <laughs> works there yeah. i don't know what his job is honestly yeah um and dennis immediately just identifies who sherry is as soon as um he as soon as drew brings her up it's like he just starts going through his prediction of her life story and she just looks dumbfounded at the fact that he's getting so many things correct and he doesn't even know her yeah. <laughs> because i guess she has small town about her yeah like, let me guess, you were in your high school music, musical theater, like, club, and you guys did, like, Sound of Music or some shit, I don't really remember, and she's like, actually, <laughs> it was this, but it's, like, one small detail that's different from the entire description that he gave, and I was like, girl, you could have just been like, music who? <laughs> I don't sing. <laughs> Drew reveals that one of the barmaids has quit as Sherry is trying to convince uh, Dennis that she's a hard worker and she can wait tables by picking up a tray and picking up glasses because that is proof that you know how to wait tables. As Drew tells Dennis that the other girl has quit and realizing that he has an empty space, she gets hired on the spot. And I'm like, is this how things work? Is this how jobs are? Mm -hmm. Why can't I? (laughs) Why is... What? (laughs) 
I feel like it's like uh. not to bring it up again, but I feel like it's a similarish thing with um, burlesque. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I feel that's like just that's how it case, was in the eighties. Like Maybe, but burlesque is like more contemporary. I think. I suppose. Anyway, currently the uh, bar is up against those good Christian mothers because the new mayor, uh, whose name is something Whitmore I've forgotten but Mayor Whitmore and his wife Patricia Whitmore um, more Patricia than anything else have made it their mission to bring down uh, anything that is tainting the youth of the city and as I mentioned the Devil Rock <laughs> is is high up on, on, on that ladder the club itself is currently undergoing some problems because they are in severe debt and Stacy Jacks a member the lead singer of the band Arsenal is preparing to go solo so they have booked Stacy Jacks uh, to perform at the club Drew and Sherry because I don't want to skip the song and get too ahead of myself yeah. Drew and Sherry are in a uh, record store just looking through not buying anything I guess and they're just talking to each other about themselves, learning a bit more about each other, and Sherry tells him of her dreams, and he tells Sherry of his dreams to become a rock singer, but it's just difficult because he has stage fright, and Sherry tells him to breathe, and I'm like, it's a bit more complicated than that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And during this telling each other of their stories, they sing jukebox hero and uh i love rock and roll yeah meanwhile um yeah in the bourbon they're busy singing i love rock and roll yeah jukebox hero i love rock and roll jukebox hero to come into the time and dance with me that's a pretty good um mashup i really appreciate it because they both songs have jukebox in them so (laughs) (laughs) i i i i think i appreciate pretty much all of the mashups that they Mm. do i don't really have more to add (laughs) i just appreciate the mashups that they do (laughs) so stacy jacks played by tom cruise um is managed by paul giamatti's character paul gill (laughs) and Stacy Jacks is, like I mentioned before, he is this alcohol-fed, drugged-up, doesn't-know-Tuesday from July, you know, just... He seems, when we get introduced to it, he's covered in women in a bed, and he gets off, and he says something so nonsensical I can't even remember what it is yeah. and he falls into a hot tub and that is Stacy Jack. oh I think they say you you need to be on stage or something and he's like I am on stage I am on stage I'm on stage what <laughs> okay I mean later we come to realize that he's been in this state not just by his own doing but also through the workings of his manager yeah but uh yeah he is apparently meant to be 
the savior of the club, hopefully, eventually. Patricia Whitmore cannot stand Stacy Jacks, and she, in a church, has placed a painting of Stacy Jacks out near the pulpit. Mm. Um, I think at one point in the movie she calls him a two-headed devil, um, referencing his head and also the devil head that he wears as a belt on his crotch. Mm. And during this uh, meeting with the others, the other protest women, um, her husband and his secretary go off into um, <laughs> a rectory, I think, and start to have an affair while she's singing Hit Me With Your Best yeah. Shot. Hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? It's a very good... I, I like it. The the lady playing the organ, the women doing the dance, <laughs> it's great. Just, just the whole, like, church thing. I, yeah. I, I appreciate so much of what's happening. It's just, it's so, it's so, like, dial up to 11. Like, they did not pull yeah. <laughs> any punches. They're just like, hi, let's have fun. Yeah. Getting back to Drew and Sherry, um, their relationship is blossoming um, as, as they go along. They go up to the Hollywood sign because you know you cannot be in Los Angeles without being at the Hollywood sign at some point in the movie. Um, Drew reveals that he has been making up a song. for, it's, And I'm just like... Here we go again. It's, it's <laughs> all in the world. <laughs> it's just always... They always are making a song for the girl yeah. that they met. Real fast. It's just like oh, I'm a musician, and I'm so inspired by your essence. You're you're my muse yeah. now, and I just I wrote this song for you. Just a small it's town like, girl, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. You know what? I just um, realized my mic is definitely the one that you can hear. So oh no. yeah, I have no idea what it's all gonna sound like when I start editing, which is going to be a great time for me. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yes, during the date um, and in a small montage following, uh, they sing together waiting for a girl like you. Girl like you, brackets boy like you. Um, because Sherry is also singing. Oh yeah, like, um, I've been waiting! Right, so Arsenal is meant to play their final show at the club. That is what I had gotten mixed up. Stacy is going solo, but the show at the club is meant to be Arsenal's final show together mm-hmm. because that is where Arsenal got their start. Arsenal is coming there, but the opening act has canceled. I think one of them was in jail. Something about balls. I don't <laughs> remember. They, they played the joke on for like three minutes, and I just forgot what the main point of it was <laughs> afterwards. Um, but yes, Sherry has the brilliant idea for Dennis to use his band, for Dennis to use his band, to use Drew's band, um, to, to be the opening act for Arsenal instead, because no one cares about the opening act, they're here to see a scene, and and it just might be an opportunity, so, oh yeah, yeah, Drew is initially 
unsure and just stands there like a lumming um, while the details get hashed out. And I love that when Dennis finally agrees and is like, all right, call your band, he literally looks to everyone that's setting up. And it's like, we got a gig. And Dennis is just like, does no one just want to work in a bar anymore? Yeah. Everyone just has to have dreams. What is this? It's like the actor... Waitress, waiter thing, where they're like, all oh, actors are yeah. waiters, and I guess all musicians are bartenders. <laughs> Drew wants to say, I love you, and she's like, no, 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 get ready, or whatever. Right, right, yeah, because immediately after that, he's just so overwhelmed and grateful. Yeah. Um, and she's but like, she just pushes him off because the, the opening words of that song <laughs> are. Uh, it's literally for him, you don't need to tell me you love me yeah. kind of a yeah. thing. And I'm just like, he pushed him away for no other reason than that is the lyrics yeah. of the next yeah. song. <laughs> so he's singing Heaven mostly. Like, and she's like, initially starts and ends with... Etc. It is the night of the show. Uh, Stacy has an interview with a reporter from Rolling Stone. <laughs> oh, also, before we get into it, I just want to... <laughs> when when Stacy Jacks walks by um, Sherry, she just... Fades. <laughs> face plants. Just, 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 like, full body, like, let go yeah. into the dirt. And I'm just... I'm impressed with the physical comedy willingness yeah. because that l- looked like it would have mm-hmm. hurt. Um, but it also seems to be this uh, mojo thing that Stacy has going on where women just faint in his presence sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like it's... stereotypical, like, oh my God, he's yeah. like the... He's like the hottest rock star ever. I'm so <laughs> in love and horny. But um, yeah, so he has an interview with the Rolling Stones, which he gets the news of while he's resting on the leg butt of a woman. Like, there's so much, like, just pieces of women's bodies <laughs> on display in this movie. Yeah. As like props for Stacy Jacks to rest upon. It's really a lot sometimes. <laughs> we meet Constance Sack, who is a reporter for the Rolling Stone, who tries her best to interview Stacy Jacks. Um, he gives her a limit of like five minutes and is counting down. At one point he says eight minutes, which he then shouldn't have corrected but did and then lessens her time even further. Uh-huh. But while asking who he is and realizing that he's he's such a douche (laughs) nozzle, also probably very drugged up and in liver failure, but he implies, I said he implies, when she implies that he is difficult to work with and uh, is the reason that no one, um, that's the reason why uh, he is getting out of the band because they don't want him anymore he goes into wanted dead or alive wanted, the cowboy. Wanted, dead or alive. i like it and this is when i realized that 
Tom Cruise can say. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, how could you? Truly. After Wanted Dead or Alive, uh, Constance is immediately unimpressed and does not consider Stacy Jacks to be anything akin to a cowboy um, or anything of that nature. He... They have this weird energy about the both of them. They start this kind of weird dance around each other. Sherry appears at one point and Stacy sends her to get him a um a bottle of scotch from his limo. Also, I forgot to mention there's like a baboon hey man. called mm-hmm. Hey Man that is involved in in, in in all of this. Afterwards, uh while singing I want to know what love is, they're kind of like doing this real intense like strip thing. <laughs> I'm just like they're they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna have yeah. sex. <laughs> With the power ballad and of Wanna Know What Love Is in the background. Yes. In the <laughs> background. But it's like it gets to a point where Constance comes to her senses. Mm. And it's just like <laughs> I don't I don't know when it happens specifically, but she she realizes and starts to redress herself. Stacy had sent um, all of his entourage out of the room, so they're just all by the door waiting. Mm. So she doesn't even bother to get dressed fully. She just uh, exits and go and goes out like half dressed. Sherry by this time has retrieved the the scotch and Stacy is like half dressed so she drops the bottle smashes shatters to the floor he still looks a little shell-shocked from his encounter with Constance he he didn't know what to what to expect and that wasn't it (laughs) when uh, Sherry drops the bottle her top uh, gets a little disheveled so when she's exiting um, she's fixing it um, as she's thanking Stacy and Stacy exits and is fixing his pants and Drew sees that little happening and immediately his mind goes to oh Stacy Jacks slept with Sherry and Sherry was not loyal yeah which I can see him like I can like, see it I get it but at the same time he does not consult her like he does not he doesn't like immediately go like what the fuck dude why would you do that or not maybe not immediately but after the show or whatever he doesn't go like why did you do that instead he jumps to the conclusion makes he's like okay this is definitely what happened and i'm everything i say and do from now on is a reaction to that and i'm like you don't even know what happened you didn't even ask so he gets upset while lonnie is trying to introduce his band for the first time uh, Wolf, Wolfgang Von Colt, not Van Colt. Um, I like that guy. He's like, that's a really shitty name. Anyway, this is Wolfgang Von Van Colt, <laughs> and he's like, it's a Von Colt. He's like, not an improvement, buddy. Um, it's Wolfgang <laughs> Von Colt, I guess. I think it. I think it was like meant to be a reference to Van Halen, but oof, woof. Um, their name, their next name is not an improvement. So, I mean, 
Well, the next name, he didn't really have yeah, I know. a choice. That's name. fair, but it's still a worse uh, name. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, all of his stage fright has left him because he's so upset. And he is goes out on stage and is just like, uh, I want to rock. He starts, I want to rock. And he's like, I want to rock. I said, I want to rock. And everyone's just like, okay, bud. And then he's like, I want to rock, rock. I want to rock, rock. Such a good song. <laughs> the crowd is stirred. The energy is lighting up in the place. Um, it's just, it's, and I, I think it, it, it starts to propel because uh, Paul watching this, he sees the potential of either the band or just the potential of Drew and his managerial senses just hone in on him immediately. He's a bad um, manager. Like, we'll talk about it, but, like, he's a bad manager. <laughs> he's a terrible manager. He's such a bad yeah. guy. Um, Sherry, unbeknownst to Drew's inner monologue, has come to watch and is like just delighted that the crowd is stirred up for her man you know she's just really happy for him afterwards uh she goes out to find him in the back Ooh, but before drinking. that like a girl um, she's talking to one of the girls of uh, the waitresses oh, and she's yeah. like oh be prepared because when the spotlight gets bigger we get smaller or some some shit like that or like we get left in the dark i actually don't remember what <laughs> what she says but like something akin to that <laughs> Um, it sounded very similar to that, yeah. I think, yeah. And then, so when the song's over or whatever, and they go talk, she recalls that conversation. Yeah, they end up in a fight. I say it's a fight. It's more, it's, it's really just, like, three exchanges and done. Um, and they break up. Yeah, he's like, oh, there's so many girls in here. And I'm like, why was that your first thing to say? Why wouldn't you say, hey, what the fuck, man? I thought we were together. Why would you cheat on me with Stacy Jacks? And so she could say, no, I didn't. So he could say, but I saw you. So she could say, what you saw was me fixing myself after having dropped his scotch. What are you talking about? You can go ask him. He doesn't care. And then... He would be like, oh, I'm an idiot. My bad. But obviously then the movie would have been over. Yeah, but... there wouldn't have been half of the second yeah. act, you realize. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> if that had happened. <laughs> she leaves in a huff. Um, Drew immediately feels regretful and tries to go after her. I guess realizing that he's been a little big-headed and didn't actually explain why he was angry mm-hmm. at her. Um... But Paul is there to just intercept at the correct moment to prolong this drama. Um, and so <laughs> he introduces himself to Drew and is basically like, I am the manager of Stacy and I can see potential in you and we're gonna make it big and just let her go, let her go every time he tries to like move past him and salvage his relationship because you know what girls aren't important i guess in rock arsenal meanwhile is on stage uh performing the last bit together uh it's pour some sugar on me, pour some uh, sugar on me. 
the men uh, the only memory i have with this song is so fucking weird i used to go to this karaoke um well this pub that used to have karaoke on fridays and um it was full of like old people and like it would be me and like a couple <laughs> friends and it was just like literally full of old people who'd like sing like blue look is this the is this the is this the one that I went to with you one time? I don't know. No? I don't know. It's an old street. I think it's the one I went with you one okay. time. Okay. And so... I think I went with you once and never again. <laughs> and it's just, like, old people singing, and I love it. And um, there's this one guy, he's a fireman, and he'd, like, always sing that song, and he'd take off his shirt, and he'd just be like, pour some sugar on me. And that's the only memory I can ever attach to the song. Every time I hear it, I think of him, just a shirtless man, running around and above singing this song. My memory of this song is significantly milder because it was used in a commercial for something I don't remember, but the guy was singing misheard lyrics and he sang, pour some shook up ramen. Oh, and wow. the girl in the car was like, shook up ramen? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I know that song. <laughs> it's sad. Constance is watching and... Um, you know, she's just trying to negotiate her journalistic integrity versus her feelings for this rock star who is an asshole that she actually met for the first time, like, 30 minutes before, I don't know, um, afterwards, um, Dennis and Lonnie are going through how much money they've taken in the night and they're just so happy and grateful the fact that they're not going to be in debt after this the club is saved and then Paul comes in and is like well here's how much you owe me here's Stacy's cut here's my cut and Dennis is aghast and confused because he was told that this was going to be free Mm -hmm. because this is where Stacy got his start It, it wasn't the money wasn't to go into the club directly and apparently it wasn't so as Paul not only takes all of their money but says that they owe him six bucks yeah and I'm like oh skeezy I hate him Sherry is wandering the streets at night <laughs> because she has no money no job yeah, um, it's raining. Peak drama. Yeah, she she quit, she quit um the job at the at the bar I guess because she couldn't guess stand the sight of Drew mm. afterwards, and she's singing "Hard in My Heart" while it's happening. I'm gonna harden my heart or something like that. Na 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 na. Mm-hmm. There's there's always this background story of the club closing down. Uh. Patricia Whitmore. Lonnie had said that it, um, when they first saw Patricia that he'd seen her before, uh, but Dennis kind of pushed it away. Um, Patricia and her husband, Patricia, again mostly, is actively trying to work against mm-hmm. the club because she's found out that the club does not has not paid taxes for a year or something yeah. like that. So the club is always under threat of closure. Mm-hmm in the background. Sherry ends up uh, entering the club 
the Venus Club, which is a strip club, owned by uh, Mary J. Blige, whose character is just Justice Charlier. Um, and initially, she's offered a job as a dancer, but Sherry is clear that she doesn't dance. She is a singer, and Justice doesn't need a singer. But what else Sherry can do is bartend. So, attempting to do the whole bartending thing, Justice agrees to let Sherry work. And again, she starts the next day. Just like you taking a, a straggler off the street and just like, okay, you work for me tomorrow. <laughs> like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, it becomes a combo song of Heart in My Heart, Shadows of the Night. It gets, it starts to get a bit muddled now because we're getting into what would be the end of the first act of the show, mm. but it's just the middle of the movie. Mm. Um, and we start to get montages of like Sherry trying to wait tables and uh, Drew signing to the record label that Paul is a part of. Um, he's going in to record. They're singing um, Here I Go Again, all of them. Stacy is like still thinking about Constance while the rain is coming down. And it's just yeah, it's like everyone's in a weird transitional phase. Here I go again on my own. We're down the only road I've ever known. Eventually, we cut back to Dennis and Lonnie at the bourbon room. Mm. Dennis is just, he's so sad at the moment. Also, Alec Baldwin's face never really moves, so it's very hard to tell what emotion he's going through. Um, yeah, he's going for that, like, pretty not... deadpan thing. It's fine. We have Russell Brand yeah. to emote for him. <laughs> we do. We really have Russell Brand to do all of the emoting. Lonnie is just... he He's so sad seeing uh, Dennis like this, uh, because I, I think they've known each other for a, a number of years maybe almost as long as the club's been open we get a flashback to when he was first hired mm-hmm. Lonnie ends up singing can't fight this feeling <laughs> to Dennis and they confess their love to each other it's very it's very it's sad. so out of left field it just happens so. it's like so it truly just comes out of nowhere and I'm like wait is is this happening? But no, actually, it's not that much out of nowhere because there's a moment earlier where like their face, there is. faces there are like is. close or something, and they like have a moment, and then you're like, what's happening yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, I liked his interjections when <laughs> when he was. Uh, when when uh, Dennis started to sing and he's like, Dennis, don't fucking yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm confessing my love. You don't need to mock me. And he's like, no, actually, I love you too. And Chico, oh, Chico. Chico is like, <laughs> the guy is, <laughs> he said some, someone arrived. And he came to tell them and Dennis is like, not now, I'm busy. It's like, busy as what? Busy, busy falling. Oh yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I cry. <laughs> I cry. Cutting back to Drew's state of affairs. Drew uh, is presented to his record label, um, to the to the I guess the big wigs at the meeting. He's basically told not to speak. 
um, and they look at him and they say that Rock is dead and it's all about the boy band thing now and being funky fresh. Which, like, they're not wrong about boy bands, but... They're not. The funky fresh <laughs> bit, I'm like, was that necessary? <laughs> I suppose it's set in 1987, so, like, the boy band thing really started to pop off in the early 90s and everything was kind of funky fresh then if I'm gonna be honest I guess <laughs> American boy bands really hit their stride in the early 2000s but in the early 90s it was it was something special and they're called the Z-Boys double the Z Z-Guys sorry <laughs> double the Y double the E double the Y's double the flavor like Drew legitimately asked him what the Z stands yeah, for. Yeah, like, doesn't <laughs> like, stand for anything. We tested the demographic, and they like anything that has a Z in it. And I'm like, what? Like they changed his name to Joshy mm. Z. Um, also, I don't think the rest of the Z guys was. Yeah, the rest of the Z guys wasn't his band. It was just like other people. You know, like how One Direction was made. Sure. Yeah. Except, it's just these random. Like, all of these individual boys, and they put them together, and you're going to be a boy band now. Meanwhile, Sherry is... She's really just trying to find her place in the world. Justice is just telling her, look, guys are scum. As long as you're down on the ground, they're going to try to touch you. But when you're up on the stage, you're untouchable, which I feel is a lie. She starts going through the different girls um, and the motto of the club. Which is any way you want it. I appreciate the strip club dance scene. <laughs> just like it. It's just I, like pole I dancing do. choreography. Love it. Yeah. It's it's really ahead of its time, to yeah. be honest. Sherry okay. decides to agree to be a dancer, I suppose, after this. Um she goes to the Hollywood sign again, feeling a little lost of, about her place in the world. And of course, Drew is there because that is their spot. Um, and no one else is ever at the Hollywood sign. And he is dressed like a Z guy. Um, and he's basically confessing that he is pretty unhappy with what's happening. And he asks Sherry how she's doing. And she's like, I teach aerobics is what she yeah. says. Which, I guess it's a form of aerobics. Yeah. He asks if she's met with Stacy again, and she's so confused, reasonably so, because she had no idea of what Drew had concocted mm-hmm. in his mind. Um, and she just essentially repeats what he says to her um, in disbelief, and he realizes his folly. Yeah. <laughs> And she confesses that she was in love with him and she doesn't think she can be in LA anymore because it's not working out for her, honestly. And I'm guessing Drew feels big regret about his life choices now. They part ways and sing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Every rose has its thorn. Have you never heard? Wow, okay. Dennis called, um... Dennis called Paul because, or rather Paul called Dennis. I don't know. They had a phone call in which uh, 
they agreed to have Stacy perform his first solo. Yeah, it's Paul who calls because basically what happens is um, they want to get uh, the Z guys a gig. And yes. as a result, he's like, wait, if I say Stacy's coming and I say it's for free this time, and then instead I bring the Z guys, and then people will love them. Yeah. And I'm like, at that venue? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you know what being a manager is? Are you, do you even know the music industry? What's wrong with you? So Dennis agrees reluctantly because Lonnie says that they should trust him after flipping the coin. While in his office, his secretary informs him, Paul, that the, the article for the Rolling Stone has come out. He asks the secretary how bad it is, and she just looks over towards his office. And we see that Stacy's two gigantic bodyguards that have been with him through this entire thing are outside of his office, indicating that Stacy is inside. Stacy is inside, as well as Heyman, who is throwing things everywhere. <laughs> Heyman has been let loose. And I, I think, I feel like Heyman is just a reflection of Stacy's internal desire. Sure. <laughs> okay, film school. I, <laughs> I am just saying, why else do you have a baboon? The article is, uh, spoken about and it is revealed that Stacy has now been informed not only of the fact that his manager took all of the proceeds from the show without telling him uh, but that just in general just in general he's he's he doesn't come across the correct way and immediately when this starts to happen, you see Paul trying to placate him. He offers Stacy a, a vintage bottle of wine, probably indicating that anytime something like this has come up before, that was how it was handled. Yeah, it's like very like he is he's so controlling mm-hmm. to the fact that like he keeps him like high, drunk and stupid and all sex stuff in order to like distract him from anything including how much money he's being paid and like yeah. I'm I have a feeling that he was probably the one to tell Stacy to go solo yeah and then like did nothing about it after he's like hey what if you went solo anyway goodbye I'm not gonna do any gigs for you he's just so bad at being a manager like, I don't no, even I mean, like, morally. I just mean his ability is not great. He sets it up like Stacy is... And yet, Stacy has a, a significant part in everything. But mm. he, he sets it up like that Stacy is not a good person. And there's not really a whole lot that distracts from that. But Stacy is also very not seemingly aware of what's going on half the time and I feel like the decision to go solo like you said came from him because it was potentially more profitable to focus on a single uh, person mm-hmm. uh, less people to pay etc yeah yeah also there's probably the fact that with with his assistance quote unquote assistance um, his band members probably just couldn't talk to Stacy anymore. Mm. Like, 
if he's kept in that state um, under his manipulation, then he is thoroughly unreachable yeah. by almost anyone except for Constance. Constance reached him, and that's why there's an issue now. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, "What the fuck? He took money? Like what?" He fires Paul. Um, the next time we see Stacy, he's on the phone with someone in the Rolling Stone office, and <laughs> the guy, the guy just sounds terrified. He he says he wants to talk to the. I forget what he called her. What did he say? Wait, what's her actual name? Constance, right? Yeah. Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. He says, "Put Cinderella on the phone." <laughs> it's like I'm like hey? my guy. <laughs> Cinderella, who that? It's it's in that conversation that he realizes that, um, apparently, because Paul never told him about the gig, mm-hmm. so he hears for the first time that he's meant to be having a gig at the Bourbon Room that night, yeah. and that's where Constance is. So he goes to the Bourbon Room. Uh, meanwhile, outside of the Bourbon Room, uh, there is a giant protest going on one side of the street versus the other side of the street. Um, one side being Patricia's uh, platform of mothers and the other side being the rock and roll crew and it's we're not gonna take it we built this city yeah. we're not gonna we built this city we're not gonna <laughs> it's really hard to try things at the time. but yeah that's the gist um and yes so when when stacy arrives um, pulls up right in the middle of the of the protest, drives up. Um, he he has this thing where he just touches women's breasts, just like he just like palms it, mm-hmm. and it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> but like these women are like, oh my god. Stacy, even in his adult state, recognizes Patricia. Even recognizes her down to calling her Patty. And he gets, like, super close to her, and she's, like, you can see her, like, all of everything that she's built up in the last however long just, like, melting away as she's becoming (laughs) the young her that was obsessed with Stacey. I think seeing this interaction is what spurs in Lonnie's mind, and he runs off and goes and grabs um, an album. And he comes back to the reporter, opens the album, and you can see an image of Patricia as an Arsenal groupie, um, like, no shirt on, boobs covered by an arm, <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot. Also, her husband, who is still having an affair with a secretary, yeah. sees this, <laughs> and is shocked, because I guess no one talks about their past. I mean, she did because remember, there's a scene where um, the husband. She talks. Yeah. About her friend. She. She. Yeah, I know. Her husband's like, well, you seem very hell bent on the Stacy guy, and she's like, well, I had a friend once who was like obsessed (laughs) with him. Like we know it's you, Patricia. 
Also, in the meantime, Drew, who was still lamenting his situation, was before the show. He goes to the record store, I guess, that they frequented before. He finds that Sherry's records have been sold to the music store, and he buys all of them, which I'm guessing was not inexpensive. While Sherry is at the club, just after she finished dancing, he sends them to her with a note that I'm sure was very sweet, but I have since forgotten what it says. This was also when the conversation of that you mentioned earlier with, um, uh, you came here looking for love, sugar, uh, you didn't yeah, come here like, for fame. Yeah, and I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the common thing where people are like, I want to be famous, JK, JK. I just want to be really in love. <laughs> well, you know, it's this, again, it's a, it's a movie built off of the romance. The Z Guys, it is their opening performance. I, I love all of Lonnie's introductions. If you watch this movie for nothing else, watch it for Lonnie introducing people. <laughs> Lonnie introduces the Z-Boys and then is corrected to the Z-Guys, because it's not better. They perform, and it's literally like every little step I take. Like, the song is so bad, I don't even, it's not even, what is, what is the song? They're like, no, we don't want this, which is like, if Paul was a good manager at all, he would have known that this would be the outcome. But then we have Sherry coming on and being like, <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to sing a song that like <laughs> a guy I knew once wrote. Before that, uh, Drew realizes that this really isn't what, like he's the one that's really out of sync with the other guys. And he sees Sherry from a distance with the record saying thank you. And he just leaves. And Paul is like, what are you doing? This is your moment. Drew just does not give a shit. He mm. quits because this is not what he was built for. Yeah. But yeah, no, he 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 gets back with um the the Z guys continue trying to perform without him. The crowd continues. There's to a line where they're spelling love and like with their bodies, and yeah. like they're missing a letter, and I was like. I don't know why you thought you could perform this song in this venue. I don't know why. They finally get removed from the stage. Paul gets fired. Uh, Sherry now goes up on stage and does what you were doing. A song that a guy I know who's like amazing or whatever once wrote. And then she starts singing and the band knows exactly what song it is and they're playing it. Well, he sent her the demo, I mm. think. Mm. He... He did send her the demo. Yeah. So if he recorded the demo with the band, then <laughs> yeah. Sure, I guess. If it's the same people. If... Yeah, it's Wolfgang von Colt. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> How did she mobilize them so quickly? Anyway. They work there. <laughs> We've established that they work there. <laughs> I'm just surprised all, that they're still she... there. All she had to do was run around and be like, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. This song, do you remember? You mean Drew's song that he wrote for you? That we probably spent like two weeks learning because it was like a thing? Yeah, I remember the song. <laughs> sure. But, but yeah, the song a... is... And don't stop believing Do 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 Home of Celebration Street lights But... People love 
also in this time um Stacy and Constance have reunited mm-hmm. and are just going at it in the bathroom like a bunch of condoms fall on them it's a it's a whole thing mm-hmm. um they do not use any of the protection um I say this because they they get up being so moved by the song that they stop like going at it to just listen to the song yeah and then we cut to sometime later uh with stacy on stage with arsenal and what looks like a stadia arena type thing um and stacy is singing the song and then he's like and here's here's the man who wrote the song in his band von colt does not say wolfgang <laughs> but um yeah, and now, um, oh, they're in Dodger Stadium, of course. Uh, and then it is Stacy, um, Stacy, Sherry, and uh, Drew on stage performing the song. Sherry is like full, like in a leotard, yeah. just like it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Um, Constance is pregnant in the back, um, Patricia is down in a studded corset thing and a hat, just, like, cheering on the band. (laughs) Um, and Justice is there as well. Yeah, and Dennis and Lonnie, everyone's there. Yeah. (laughs) Except for Paul. And, yeah, they all sing a part of Don't Stop Believing and then the movie's over. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I don't really know if I had anything to say about this. We can talk about the fact that the only Latino man there is Chico, who his cousin is barely, Yeah, barely speaks um, English and is uh, essentially there for Spanish uh, underprivileged worker comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, the only black woman um, in the film that says lines is. Uh, a strip club owner that is there to heal the the wounded heart of this young white woman mm-hmm. um <laughs> and the fact that there are notably no other people of color <laughs> yeah that it, it is a very the only other very white the only other movie. black person is the bus driver i don't remember and i'm oh from the beginning yeah wow i didn't remember him at all exactly because he sings one line of the song and it's where are you going <laughs> <laughs> and like there's no way to really justify it because like it doesn't really feel like any of these characters like voices mattered is diego the guy that plays drew is he of color in any way diego boneta is a mexican singer and actor okay so he's mexican okay, okay so Look i retract what I said about there not being any other people of color. <laughs> Let's get into our rating. Okay, so for this we have records starting off for music and choreography. Um, this movie doesn't have that much choreography. A lot of it is... Um, like, well, no, that's a lie thinking about it that's a lie <laughs> i as you mentioned the 
strip club choreo that was pretty nicely done. Um, and, I think, uh, um, hit me with your best shot as well. Yeah, hit me with your best shot in the church, pulpits, yeah. Uh, pulpits in the, in the, in the pews, I mean. Otherwise, it's, it's more a party atmosphere with small bits of choreo. Uh, nothing, nothing terribly bombastic. Uh, music. I appreciate their music choices. I mean, they had like the whole catalog to stretch from. <laughs> um, I think there are more songs in the play. Probably. Uh, as is normally the case. This movie is already two hours long. I don't know how there could be more songs mm -hmm. in the play. Um, but yes, I, I, I appreciate all of the music choice. I appreciate a lot of the mashups that they did. I, I thought some of the choices were pretty well thought out. Like, we're not going to take it and we built this city. Um, and what was the other one? Uh, Jukebox Hero. <laughs> I love Yeah, Jukebox Hero. I love Rock and Roll. Yeah, I, I just I liked all of them. Mm. I, I appreciated um, them putting in the effort to make it not just simply um, like here is this song it kind of matches this emotion um, it's why I, I appreciated in um, what is Romeo and Juliet in the 80s Valley um, Girl <laughs> Valley Girl thank you um, in Valley Girl when they did the aerobics mashup mm -hmm. uh, that that was something I really appreciated um, overall, I think I value the choices in this film a bit more, but maybe I just... No, it's not that I like these songs more. <laughs> I just... I think they... They had an idea and they stuck to it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I appreciate that a lot. Um, so for music and choreography, I will give it four... Uh, four records out of five. Nice. Um, I agree. I love the... Uh, choreography in um, the strip club and in the church. Those are fun times. I want to see more strip club choreography. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're writing a movie musical, please, please, please <laughs> have the strip club and have them dance in it. Because it's kind of like burlesque except with poles. Because there's not <laughs> that significantly less clothing in this than in burlesque. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Um, I really like the music. It was a fun time. I was singing along to the songs that I do know. Um, most of I know most of them, um, and it was a fun time. So, that being said, I will give it. Yeah, four sounds pretty reasonable to me. Four records story i i will say i think i appreciated the story of this movie again a bit more than valley girl if just because there was there were other things happening than the romance mm. <laughs> if that makes sense just just the i just need i don't mind if the romance happens if mm. there are other things that happened so like there was the background of the club, there was Stacy, like 
there was the whole lust aspect with Stacy, which, eh, but, you know, like, mm-hmm. his manager, like, actively manipulating him in the background, there was the debt, there was Patricia and, like, her vendetta against all things Stacy Jacks, like, there were other things happening that I could keep my, if the, if the whole movie was just Drew and, and Sherry and their drama, I would have died. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. For story, I would give it um, four. four. Four, four smashed scotch bottles. Cool. Um, yeah, I kind of, I really do agree with you in that like there was relief from the main story if the main story is the story of Drew and Sherry. Um, it's kind of a crucial thing to have so that, like, you're not overwhelmed with just the emotions of our two protagonists. Um, yeah. Because then you have, like, other things, fun things, some things that aren't so fun, like Paul being an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the story's, like, it's not, like, revolutionary in any way, but it's still a good time. Like, it's still, like, yeah. a fairly solid story, I think. Um, you know, like everything sort of makes sense, things are telegraphed, and then they are also then fulfilled. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you know, they do the basic stuff, so I'm gra- I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, which shouldn't <laughs> be the thing, I shouldn't be like, yeah, they managed to tell a cohesive story, <laughs> that's their job, but um. Yeah, I think I'll give it like a 3.75 smash glass bottles. And finally, overall enjoyment. I... Okay, so, like, there are some parts of this movie that made me cringe. Uh, <laughs> sure. Just, it's just, it's so, it's a lot of it. Just every time they, every time Stacy kisses someone, I want to... Cause there's there's so much yeah. tongue everywhere. All there's of the time. okay, yeah. There's that one kiss. <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but like there is that one kiss where it's just like he's like open your mouth and then he just sticks his tongue into hers. And I Jesus. wanted to throw myself out the window. I wanted to climb up to the top, like flat in this building, and just like throw myself out of there. Because what is that? <laughs> it is so disgusting. I did not need to see that for my whole life. It just, it just happens so many times. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, it loses some points for any time <laughs> I had to see something that made me, like that made like the bile rise up, you know. <laughs> um. There's, but there's a lot of like this it's romance it's comedy it's it's not meant to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. it knows that it's not meant to be taken seriously mm-hmm. which I appreciate a whole lot um but again some of it is just gross so I will say for overall enjoyment <laughs> um it's not a bad time but I will give it uh, a three and a half because I can't give it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Three and a half. What is what is the what is the thing? 
Oh, licked I mics. Forgot. Lonnie's licked mics. Licked mics. Lonnie's licked mics. He licks the mic. Listen. You go. <laughs> um, yeah, I still had a good time. Um, you know, sometimes I find it, like, hard, not hard, but, like, sometimes I just don't want to watch the movie, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I have a job to do. <laughs> I'm not paid for this job, but I have a job to do. Um, and like, I'm just like, oh God, I just, sometimes I just, even when I'm already starting the movie and I'm like in it, I'm like constantly checking the time. I'm like, when are you over? Um, but I didn't, I didn't really find myself doing that with this. Um, cause it's a fun time. It's a fun distraction. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, and so I will give it like a, I, <laughs> there's no way I can go any more between 3.75 and 3.5, but, um, <laughs> I'm leaning more towards 3.75, I think. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, that is our ratings for this movie yeah. make of it what you will <laughs> I'll just go without obsessions this week it's cool <laughs> sorry for the break from um, the usual folks it is still quarantine still lockdown um, things yeah. are rolling back out but the theater is not I don't know this episode's gonna be a bit of a mess mainly because of my mic <laughs> i apologize for how it may sound because i have no idea what the quality of the headphone mic is especially because it's so close to my face that like <laughs> it's loud like i can see i'm like watching the um monitor and it's just it looks so loud and so I apologize. I would say in advance, but this is like a posthumous like apology. Like, thanks for listening. I'm I'm sorry, but yeah, thank you for listening to the episode of Rock of Ages. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TMM TMM Podcast. You can follow us on Tumblr at Tell Me More Tell Me More Podcast You can email us if you want about anything and everything theater musical whatever related um at tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com we do have a spotify thing where we have playlists um if you search tmm tmm podcast there are three playlists 2018 faves 2019 faves 2020 faves which i need to update um and we also have <laughs> a patreon that has some extra um episodes i might emphasis on might be editing and uploading of an old episode we recorded like in the first year that this podcast existed <laughs> that just didn't make it to the air um so um, you mean when we actually had a setup oh yeah God. when we had like <laughs> when we had a radio studio to be recording in. what a great time um, <laughs> so I might edit one of those and put it up um, 
on our Patreon. You can search for us at Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast, or TMM, TMM podcast, not quite sure. Either one should be able to navigate you to our page. Um, yeah, we have some bonus episodes up there already. You can pay what you want in order to access those episodes. Um, it's mm-hmm. the cheapest as I could make it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next one for Tell Me More, Tell Me More. I've been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. And thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Goodbye.